Hello and welcome to the Growing Healthy Families podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Hager. On this show, I interview the world's top health experts so that you can know with certainty what it takes to give your family a life of epic health and wellness. As parents, we don't want to see our kids struggle. I knew that he had the potential. I knew that something needed to be done. I was 18, unplanned pregnancy, didn't know what to do. Do we need to keep the child? Do we not? For us, one of our goals always is to try to make sure that you know, we're, we're here. Hey, moms and dads, this is Dr. Scott with your upcoming episode of the Growing Healthy Families podcast. And in this episode, I am super excited for you because if you are someone that is contemplating having a home birth and you're looking to hire a midwife, in this episode, I am going to be having on Julia Meyer, the founder and owner of Cleveland Home Birth. So she's going to be really diving deep into what it means to have a home birth, what you need to know about it, about her passion so that you can make the decision that is right for you. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Scott, Julia Myers from Cleveland Home Birth. Julia, thank you so much for being here with us today. You're welcome. My pleasure to be here with you, Scott. So I am really excited about this. Um, I absolutely am a huge fan of home birth midwives and what you guys offer. Um, and I'm excited to dig into your story, your background, and to learn more about how you serve the amazing moms that are looking to home birth in the Cleveland area. Awesome. Sure. I'll jump right in. When I was little, I grew up on a lane where I was the only child, but there were several families starting um, to have babies. And so I was always around these beautiful bellies and then the babies would come along and I just remember being, you know, four or five years old and thinking, I'm going to deliver babies when I'm older. That's all I could think. You know, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm going to deliver babies. And sure enough, here I am living my dream. Um, it was a journey to get there, but I knew ever since I was a little girl that that's what God called me to do, that I was going to deliver babies and I was going to help women that chose to have their babies naturally. So I followed the path to become a traditional midwife. Well, that's amazing. And the fact that you knew from such a young age too, like that's, that's when, you know, it's not just, not just a job, it's a calling, you know, and that's when you know that someone's all in, that they're committed in a way that most people aren't to something. Absolutely. So, so Julie, why don't you tell us your background, where you're from, your family, let, let, let's let the, the listeners get to know you a little bit. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I was born and raised there, and I went to school there. I have one younger brother. He is four years younger than I am. We, over the years, have become very close friends, and he always laughs about my journey as a midwife because I went about it going to college because that's what mom and dad said. You have to go to college. You have to get a degree. This is what people do. And I said, no, this is not what I want to do. And so my brother always laughed that I went down the traditional road and it took me until I was in my twenties to finally say, you know what? I'm doing the non-traditional route, which is actually the traditional route for midwifery is to study through apprenticeship. And my brother laughed and goes, thank God, Julia, it took you long enough to finally accept your calling. <laughs> That's so cool. So, so everyone, you know, my parents struggled with it at first. We've invested all this 
time and money and energy into your education and you're just going to leave and go become a traditional midwife? This doesn't sound right. So, but once they saw me in my role as a traditional midwife, everyone knew and said, oh, we're so glad you accepted your calling and you followed your heart. And this is amazing, the work you do. So, so that's kind of wonderful to, to have their reinforcement after I took that leap of faith to do something that was not normal in society. You know, it's tremendous that you said, you know, that you, you took, you took the calling and that you did it on a leap of faith. And that's, you know, the, the commitment level that it takes, the belief in yourself, knowing that it's your purpose, you knowing, knowing that it's an inspiration to go and do something like that. I, I resonate with that because I am, you know, my role as a chiropractor was one where I went later in life as well. Um, I, you know, from personal experience, experienced what I did from a number of different health issues and it drove me down the path until I realized that I was called to do what I do. So I very much resonate with your story when you realize that it's a calling deep in your heart and then you have to follow it, whether you sometimes know it or even want to, but it, it eventually pulls you down the path, doesn't it? It totally does. You know, it's interesting because I always dreamed I would be a wife and a mother. And I always joked with my friends, I'm going to have enough kids to have my own football team. And all my girlfriends growing up always said, Julia's going to be the first one to get married. She's going to have a million kids and we're all going to learn from her. Well, they all learn from me, but I'm the one that is now 38, not married, and I don't have children. And that was very interesting when I started out as a young apprentice. I saw families that were my age or a little younger, older, and they were married and they were having their first baby. And I was sitting there really struggling with some jealousy because I thought, why was I called to do this if it's so painful? And to see someone else receiving the dreams that I always dreamed of. And I had to look inside of myself and make a choice to change my perspective because I knew that that wasn't right. I knew that I wanted nothing but joy in my heart for these women. And I did have joy in my heart, but the fact that I could feel any little tiny bit of jealousy was not okay with me. So I worked on that. And I would say it was probably the first five births that I went to that I had to really work on myself and say, this is not okay. And I now understand that I was called to not have children that young because I have been able to serve women and I've been invited into these sacred spaces with them that the experiences are mind blowing. And I don't think that I would have been able to do that as a young wife and mother. And so you, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I look back and I go, okay, I get it now. <laughs> I get that I needed to serve these women and establish some practices so that they could continue to be served when it is my time to be a mom. That's really profound. You know, um, there's a number of different things that I took from what you said, but the biggest thing that 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 you said was that you your mindset was the thing that changed and you chose joy in those circumstances. Um, and I think that anybody that, regardless of it's a choice in a career or circumstances in life, what you said there is so profound because it's always a choice. You know, so there's a, there's a lot of life lessons for people who are going through different struggles and whether it's 
you know, becoming a parent or just dealing with life's trials, especially right now with everything that's going on. It's the mindset, and the choice that we all have to make on a daily basis to choose joy in the situation. Sometimes ones that are hard and sometimes are even out of our control. So that was, that was profound advice. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. So now one of the things I'd like to know is what is one interesting fact about you that nobody else knows or very few people know? So it's interesting that we just talk about choosing joy. I feel that I am a survivor in many ways. And I think one interesting fact that not many people know is that I was in a plane crash um, and it was a small four-seater Cessna and I was flying with my dad and his friend. My dad is a pilot and I was sitting co-pilot and my dad was in the back and his friend is pilot and he's going to miss the runway when we're landing and my dad's going, pull up, pull up. And I just freeze. And his friend froze. He was in his seventies and probably shouldn't have been flying anymore. And so we went down and, you know, we were all fine. We walked away from it, but not many people have been in a plane crash. (laughs) Wow. That right there. That's a pretty amazing story. I, I can only imagine what was going through your mind. It was wild. And again, back to choosing joy. Having been through several other experiences in my life where I'm facing life or death and I'm facing big traumatic experiences, I know that it's not easy to always choose joy. I know that it's not always easy to see the cup is half full. Challenges are real, and I never want to diminish that for anyone. I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, well, she just doesn't get it. I do get it. And I know from experience that choosing joy can sometimes be a hard choice. Choosing to be positive, even in the darkness, could be hard. But in the end, you grow from it. And I think that that's another point to drive home is when you choose to see the other side or a different perspective. You're choosing to better yourself and you're choosing to learn and grow and prosper as a person. And then you can serve other people even more. I I could not agree with you more. And, you know, it's such timely words right now and such a time of just struggle for so many people that making a choice every single day to choose joy in the midst of difficulties is something I think that anybody that's listening right now, regardless of where you are in life, Take that and and make it internal because every day we can make a choice on how we respond to the world around us, to the people around us. We can choose a mindset. And by choosing a mindset of joy, a mindset of appreciation, regardless of our circumstances, because there are certain things that we can't control, right? Like life happens to us. It's always about the choices that we make and the response that we have to the situations that determine the quality of our life. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I'll tell you a little story. When I was in my early 20s, I had a Saturn three-door car, and which I don't think are around anymore. Mm, No. I went to get the oil changed at the dealership, and they came back, you know, sitting in the the sales area with a friend who was selling cars there, and, and the mechanic said, well, I hate to tell you this, but your engine block is 
is cracked and you're not going to be able to drive the car out of here. And I just started laughing. And he looks at me really funny and goes, ma'am, do you understand what I just said to you? I go, yeah, I understand. I said, would you prefer that I sit here and cry? He goes, well, no. I said, you know, this is just life. This is what happens. I don't have money in my savings account. I can't drive my car home from getting the oil changed. But I know that if I just continue making right choices, I'll be provided for. So I just laughed. And then a week later, somebody, one of my parents' friends was getting rid of a very nice car and donated it to me. So, you know, you just have to choose to believe that good things are coming. That's awesome. So true. So true. And that's that's a tremendous story because it's it's an example of faith. You know, sometimes in the middle of the hardest times when you just live in faith and good things will happen to you, it's because of the way you live it on and choose it. So that's fantastic. Yes. So, Julia, you um, you've chosen a really amazing career path. You know, being a home birth midwife is something that is, um, it's one of the most traditional of all professions, but it's also one that's not super common these days. And I, I would love if you would share your story, your background, and kind of your journey to becoming a home birth midwife. Absolutely. And thank you for saying that it's such an awesome thing to do. When I first set out in school, I decided that I was going to go pre-med and become an obstetrician because I was going to deliver babies. And I didn't know that there were any other options. And then I quickly realized before school started, I didn't want to be a surgeon. And that's essentially what I was going to be if I became an obstetrician. I chose to seek out how to help women that wanted to give birth naturally. I had observed and shadowed a labor and delivery nurse when I was in high school, and I saw women giving birth naturally, women giving birth with an epidural, and women delivering via C-section. So I'd already had a little taste of what these different things looked like. And I decided, well, maybe I'll just go to nursing school then and become a labor and delivery nurse like my friend that I shadowed. And so I started down that path and I thought once I finish nursing school, I'll become a certified nurse midwife. I'll get a master's degree in midwifery and I'll be able to do the things that I believe I'm called to do. Upon researching that further, I realized that in the state of Ohio, certified nurse midwives are not legally allowed to support women at home during pregnancy and birth. So that was causing a bit of a, a dilemma in my mind. Well, should I continue down this path or not? Because it was a relatively expensive path to go down. And it was a huge time investment. So I started looking for alternatives. And I reached out to a family friend who had lived in some communes in California in the 70s. And I knew that she had her babies at home. So I reached out to her asked her, well, what should I do? I mean, you have babies at home. Who helped you? How did you get to the place that you were at? And she guided me to a place called The Farm in Summertown, Tennessee, where Ina Mae Gaskin, who uh, is pretty well known throughout the country and the world, um, actually, for being a pioneer midwife in the U.S. I traveled to The Farm and I did a little bit of coursework there. 
And this is after I decided to leave college. So I decided once I knew that there was a path to become a traditional midwife, I left college without a degree. And that's the part that my parents went, what are you doing, child? And I took that leap of faith and said, I'm going to this little commune, basically in Summertown, Tennessee, and I'm going to stay in this cabin. And I had to read a whole big list of books before I went. And, you know, people are looking at me going, okay, you left this this really well-known college, this really great opportunity to go to a little commune kind of place in Tennessee. I said, no, this is the right thing. This is what I'm doing. And I came back and I sought out a certified preceptor and I started apprenticing, which meant that I did a lot of didactic learning on my own. She would verify my knowledge. And then I did all of my hands-on skills, acquiring of knowledge and testing of skills with her under her supervision for almost four years. So if you think about that, that's about as long as you're in med school for. Hands-on, seeing a lot of different things, learning about a lot of different things, working with different communities from Amish to um, Mennonite and Muslim and African-American and everything in between. So I got to see a lot of different complications at home, how those are handled at home. I got to see a lot of variations of normal, such as breech, breech birth, uh, the birth of multiples at home. So I felt very well equipped when it was time for me to spread my wings and fly as a solo practicing midwife. That is pretty amazing. You know, I, I've spent many, many years learning about um, nurse midwives, excuse me, about midwives and hearing about the stories of Ina May and, um, and seeing the work that, uh, that, that they do, but I didn't realize quite how extensive the, the training program was um, to get to this point. So thank you for sharing this because it's, it's amazing to hear the journey and the wide variety of things you've experienced and how it's prepared you to go and serve the families in the Cleveland area. That's tremendous. So, you know, one of the things that people may be thinking if they're, if they're hearing your story and hearing about what you do is they may be saying, well, I'm kind of on the fence. How do I know if home birth is right for me? What would you say to somebody who's kind of sitting there trying to figure this out for themselves? Number one is do your research. And I always ask, why are you on the fence and why do you want to have a home birth? The reason you desire to have a home birth is very important in this equation. If somebody comes to me and says, I want to have a home birth because it's cheaper than if I go to the hospital, I absolutely do not think that you're a good candidate for home birth. If you're on the fence because of the what ifs, a lot of dads of the moms are on the fence and they say, well, what if this, what if that? And that's normal. And what you have to do is research, like I said, be educated to make this decision because there are what ifs. And the truth of the matter is 
Those what ifs can happen in the hospital and at home, and neither location or provider can guarantee you a perfect outcome. So you have to know what the training of your provider is, what they specialize in, how they are going to handle those what if situations, and you have to feel comfortable. I always tell women that there's no place for fear in the birth space. And you have to want this. I cannot give it to you. You have to want the home birth. It's something that you have to do. And it's their journey. And I'm there to serve them and guide them along that path to get to the destination that they desire to be at. You know, I, I wanted to uh, to revisit something that you said. You said there's no place for fear in the birthplace. And, you know, it's interesting because that is probably, I think, the, the single biggest thing that I hear um, from, from moms when they're considering the possibility of doing a home birth. Um, and I think, I think it's inter interesting, if you don't mind diving into that for a second, because if you look at the management traditionally of, of, of birth, it is something where it's more in a traditional setting. It's treated, treated more like an emergency situation. Wouldn't you agree? It's treated like a condition mm -hmm. and not a normal physiological process of life. If you ever notice filling out a medical questionnaire, medical history, and you'll go through it, and then the provider says, do you have any other medical conditions? Well, my question for a pregnant woman is, well, what's the first medical condition? Pregnancy is not a medical condition. It's a part of life. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist today. Mm -hmm. So fear in the birth space, it's normal to have the fear of the unknown. Every pregnancy is different. Every birth is different. You could have five babies and have a little bit of fear every single time of, well, I don't know how this one is going to go. Mm -hmm. And you, I think arming yourself with knowledge is how to negate that fear factor. And I'm sorry, I don't remember specifically what you just asked me to touch on there. That's okay. You absolutely nailed it. You okay. Nailed it. So I am... Um... You know, in doing my research, getting to know more about you, one of the things that I think I was probably most impressed with um, is that when you work with, with moms and families, it's not just, I'll meet you at the labor and delivery. Your, your approach is very holistic. So would you mind explaining to, you, to the listeners how you work with moms, how you prep them, how you prep the family, and kind of where you enter into the equation for them and how you work with them even all the way through postnatal? Absolutely. I always tell moms when they're interviewing me as a potential midwife that I believe having a solid foundation and a trusting relationship between a client and midwife is the key to a smooth, successful home birth. You really have to feel safe. And the only way to do that is to get to know the person that's going to be on this journey with you. The only way for me to feel safe is to get to know the client that I'm serving. Mm -hmm. Because 
what we do in our day-to-day lifestyle is going to affect how our children develop in the womb. It's going to affect how we behave in birth, and it's going to affect how we are postpartum. And the mom is the center of the family. And if she's not in a good place, it affects the entire rest of the family. I believe in involving the entire family in the care because this is a family process. They're bringing a new blessing into the group. And so there's no reason to bring mom outside of her home even. I do all of my prenatal care in my clients' homes because I think it's important to build that relationship in the place that mom is going to birth because she needs to get comfortable with me in her space. I need to understand and see her in her own space, how she behaves so that I know during labor okay, that's not normal behavior. That's not something I've seen her do before. Um, So during prenatal care, we talk a lot about nutrition and how the foods that she's eating are affecting the growth of her baby and how they can affect her labor and her health as well. We also talk about fears. Like we were saying, I will ask my clients, are any fears coming up? had any dreams? Are you worried about anything? And so we have the opportunity to discuss those things and get them out on the table and come up with a plan if there are some real true fears. I don't limit the time that each prenatal visit lasts, so they're usually well over an hour. And that gives us the time and the freedom to really build that relationship. We talk about what She envisions the birth looking like, what she sees herself doing during labor, who she sees at the birth, and what she sees doing postpartum. And so that way, everyone has an idea of what's going on in mom's mind and what her desires are so that we can best support her. Because it's so very important for a woman to feel well supported and safe. That really really is at the end of the day, one of the most important things. If mom isn't trusting her partner, she doesn't feel good in that relationship. We talk about that and we figure out how can we help mend this relationship with your partner? And I have seen actually a baby flip breach at 40 weeks because mom did not feel comfortable with her partner's behavior. And we had a big conversation and I asked them, you know, go make up, please. And they did. She was in early labor by this point and the baby flipped head down again. Her baby wasn't ready to come out into an environment that mom felt unsafe. And so that's, that's just, I can't stress enough how important it is for mom to really just be doing work on herself, caring for herself, loving herself, being gentle with herself, and making sure that she's clearly expressing what her needs are. Because sometimes we don't know what we need to do to help a person. And I know with partners, a lot of times that's the issue is we're not clearly expressing what our desire is for them to do. And I see my women grow throughout pregnancy. 
I see them gain confidence. I see them be excited about new choices that they're making for themselves and for their family as far as what they're eating and going on walks and going to the park and getting fresh air and talking at the dinner table and having fun discussions. I see these women start to blossom in a different way. And then when it comes time for the birth, they feel so comfortable and confident in the work that they've done and the woman that they've become along this journey that the birth just goes amazingly well. So it really is about good prenatal care. It's about doing the things before so that you're not dealing with complications during the process. So true. I mean, it, it's funny because we take care of a lot of pregnant moms. And that's honestly one of the biggest things that we talk to them about is they've got to regulate the stress. Yes. Stress, you know, even in just the research, you see that stress is one of the biggest, 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 biggest causes of neurodevelopmental challenges after labor and delivery. So if we can address that from the perspective of having someone who's supportive, helping them to be aware, coaching her on how to deal with the stress, it can have profound potentially lifelong impacts by dealing with those things while mom is is pregnant or even before she gets pregnant. Absolutely. And that's why I'm very thankful for the community in Cleveland and, and people like you who are able to bring in a different modality of helping to relieve that stress and to get moms back centered so that they're feeling good, not only physically, but once that physical alignment is there, then all the other mental, spiritual alignments come as well. And so they're in a much better place. And I think another good stress reliever for my clients, at least, is the community that I am building for them. And I host weekly Zoom support group calls where moms that have had babies that are still pregnant, that are over a year out postpartum, all get on the call and we talk about all sorts of different things. But what's important is that they feel like they have friends, they feel like they have support, and they feel like things get normalized. So something that they may have been worrying and worrying about, they're no longer worrying about because they realize, oh, all these other moms are experiencing these same things at home. It's okay that the laundry's not done. You know, it's okay that I feel this way. Wow. You know, and you can see that stress just melting away from them. And I also have gatherings where the dads and the entire families come. So then dads can talk to other dads who've been there, done that with home birth. And they go, okay, my wife's not crazy. This is a normal thing. We're going to get through this. And then mm -hmm. that stress is relieved because mom then knows her husband isn't worried about this home birth anymore. And I also will offer them childbirth classes to prepare them physically, mentally, spiritually to know here are some of the things that may happen during labor and here are some of the ways that you can manage and help that. So stress relief, yes. In building that community, chiropractors, um, all sorts of other, I mean, chiropractors, I'll be honest with you, you're the first go-to for me is let's get you aligned. That's awesome. Yeah, love to hear that. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I am, I'm, I'm, I love what you're talking about here because one of the things that, 
as, as someone who takes care of a lot of moms during pregnancy and post-pregnancy and obviously pre-pregnancy, um, what you said really resonates because the need for the community, especially with new parents, is so huge. You know, have that feeling of connectedness, especially because when they're taking care of newborns, oftentimes they're not getting a lot of adult time outside of their spouse, but that's limited. And so having the gatherings, whether it's on Zoom or getting the families together in person so they can connect and share and just not feel so disconnected in those early times is huge. Um, and, you know, the educational component, I think, is just tremendous. I think the community you're building, I think, is tremendous because it's so desperately needed. You know, so many parents really would benefit from just the education and the support. I know I went through... Um, when, when my daughter was born, my wife and I went through birthing classes. And as a dad who really wanted to be there to support my wife prior to the delivery, help her through and be there as a support, it was one of the most valuable experiences I can say that I ever had. I still reflect on it, remember it, share those experiences to this day with our, with our parents, especially with the dads. Because, you know, a dad oftentimes doesn't necessarily realize how important his role is in this. And they give away a lot of their role um, to other people in the traditional settings. And when you look at the way that, that most of us really want to be involved, we want to be there to support our wives and want to be there to help them through. But because we're not necessarily always prepared appropriately, we can't. And I can tell you from someone who went through the classes, spent, spent the time learning about how to go and be a supportive dad for my wife, it's one of the best decisions that we ever made. So the fact that you offer those birthing classes as a way to try and help to empower families is a huge thing so that they can know what to expect, know how to prepare themselves, and know what everything means in terms of getting mom's body and the family ready for the uh, the birth of the, the little one that's about to come into the world. So, so thank you for that. I think it's just tremendous your work. You're welcome. And I will say, as a provider, it brings me great joy and comfort, too, to see my clients have that support and feel well supported is amazing. And knowing that they can get answers from their peers where they they should get them. Traditionally, that's what we, we turn to our moms and our aunts and our friends. We didn't turn to Google way back in the day. Amen. And so seeing that I can provide that for them brings me huge joy. That's awesome. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. I know you probably got many, 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 many stories that have brought you joy. I'd like you to go and dig into the databanks and tell me one of your favorite, if not, if you have a favorite story of a birth. It's hard when you say favorite. How do you make any single one of them a favorite? <laughs> I always say after birth, I go, oh, this one's in my top five. And then the next birth I go to, oh, that was definitely in my top five, you know? So they're all in my top five. I believe it. I had a client in May, just because this is recent, it comes to mind. She had a daughter four years ago in the hospital. They had kind of contemplated doing a home birth, but decided not to because of all those what ifs. Mm. And they thought, this is the first one. We'll do it in the hospital. and. Um, not do any medication, just do it naturally. Well, they ended up having a relatively traumatizing experience and the baby was taken away from her and she managed to birth without any medication, but immediate postpartum was very traumatizing. 
And they were told that the baby needed help. And, and if had they not been in the hospital, God only knows what could have happened to the baby. So they had took home a healthy baby. They had several miscarriages trying to conceive again. And they finally did conceive. And they decided, well, we're not looking at home birth again because look what happened the last time. Even though it was traumatizing, it's a good thing we were in the hospital. And we waited so very long for this baby. I think they lost four pregnancies before getting pregnant with their second child. So this was very precious to them. Not that, you know, any child isn't precious, but it was a different level of, you know, waiting and patience. Mm-hmm. Then COVID came and I had served one of her friends for a home birth. And in the light of COVID, she reached out to her friend and said, okay, maybe I do want to explore this home birth thing again. So she reached out to me and she asked me all those what if questions. And I'm speaking with her and her husband on the phone and she just breaks down sobbing. And she says, I have to do this. I have to have a home birth. I can't cheat myself from this experience out of fear. That is unfounded. So I met with her in person and we started care at 33 weeks. So we met weekly to try to build that relationship and catch up on last time. And the four-year-old was always at the prenatals. She was using my Doppler to find the heartbeat. And we talked about how precious this is. And there were a lot of tears shed at almost every prenatal. And I cried with her sometimes because this birth was just so precious. This baby was so precious. And she didn't know, is this going to be the last child I had? Because I went through so many losses to get here. So she's in labor. She's working really, really hard. And all throughout the night, and then her little four-year-old comes running into her bedroom, you know, at seven in the morning. And she goes, mommy, mommy, I woke up because I heard you making those noises you said you might make when you have our child. Are you going to have our child today? (laughs) And she sat on the side of the birth pool and like, just, mom, our child is coming today? (laughs) and so she said when is it coming and then she sat on my lap for a while and we're looking at at her mom and and her mom says so it was my noises that woke you up did it scare you and she said no mommy you told me that you're gonna have to work really hard but you are really loud (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, she's laboring and at this point she's nearing transition and, you know, her daughter's coming in and out of the room and and the mom goes, somebody get her babysitter. I can't have her coming in and out. And I said, trust me, when it comes time to pushing, she's going to settle down. It's going to be okay. Just don't worry about her. She can sense that you're worrying about her. So she stopped worrying about her and she really gets into it. She really gets into the guttural moaning and groaning. And in comes running the four-year-old, mommy, mommy, the child is coming, isn't it? Our child is coming. And so she delivers her baby, in, her baby into her husband's arms. 
into the birth pool and she pulls up her baby and she just melted and said, you were worth the wait. Here's my baby. You're finally here. And her daughter just about jumped in the birth pool. Our child is here, mommy. Oh my gosh, let me go get the birthday card that I made for her. And it was just such a redemptive, victorious, healing experience. You know, there was nothing super different about that scene, but it was just the emotions and the feelings and the 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 love behind it, this family that, you know, she's not saying my child, you've got a four-year-old saying our child, you know, you're bringing our new child into the family. And it was just so, so amazing. And then kind of an interesting one about a year ago in April, I had another late to care. She was 38 weeks and she was getting me well, you're over 35 and we got to do this test and we got to do that test. And she said, you know what? Enough is enough. And so she contacted me, hired me at 38 weeks and she had, has a very huge property, lots of land. And she always said, I see myself laboring outside. I said, well, you know, if it's warm enough by then, you could even have the baby outside. She goes, it would be cool to put the birth pool on the patio. And I said, okay, well, it was still pretty cold in April. And she, so she texts me at 7 a.m. Having contractions every two minutes. I thought every two minutes, you know, it's pretty close. I said, do you want help? No. Two hours later, I get a text, need help now. (laughs) I hop in my car. I drive the 50 minutes over there all to jump out of my car and hear the guttural pushing sound outside somewhere. And I'm going, where is she? She's already pushing. <laughs> I grab my bag out of the car. I run up the steps as fast as I can to the patio. And there she is on the patio with her her leg up on the bench, pushing a baby out. And the first words out of my mouth were, it is way too cold for a baby out here today. But she is not going anywhere. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> her husband's just standing there. And the four-year-old's in the doorway going, Everybody just has this blank stare. And so, you know, I just, I still have my bag on my shoulder. I can't even manage to get gloves on and I'm catching a baby. Oh, outside. wow. I'll tell you what, I don't even know where to go from there. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like to walk in and see a scene like that. That's, that's, that's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. So, so Julie, you know, I, I know that anybody that's listening to this, they're going to have to be, um, inspired um, and probably have a lot of questions for you. So I'd like to leave everybody um, with how they can reach out to you. What would be the best way that if somebody is now feeling called to go and really dive in and learn more about home birth, what are the best ways for them to reach you? I suggest visiting my website, which is clevelandhomebirth.com. On the website, you will find my contact information and a submission form You can either submit an email through the website or my cell phone number is on the website and you can call or text me directly. Awesome. Julia, I thank you so much for sharing uh, your your heart and your your mission and your journey and your stories with us today. 
Um, thanks for all the value that you added. And uh, for those of you that are, uh, are listening to this, make sure you contact Joya. Uh, get more information about Cleveland Home Birth and uh, get the info. I, I think from, from seeing many people that have had home births, I think that if it's something you're considering, dive in, get the information, you surely won't regret it. So thank you guys so much for being here. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Growing Healthy Family Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today, Julia. You have an awesome day. Thank you, Scott. You too. Thank you for listening to the Growing Healthy Families Podcast, the world's number one source for health education. Make sure to go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a review. Make sure to follow us on social media at the links listed in the show notes and let us know what area of health you are struggling with so we can get you and your family on the road to epic health.